Hey, my name is Kevin Clark. I'm the host of a new football podcast called Slow News Day. I want to tell you about it. On Mondays, Lindsey Jones and I will recap the weekend in football that was, as well as look ahead to what's next. On Wednesday, the normal Slow News Day, the thing you've been watching for years, current players, current coaches, current analysts talking about the football world. And on Friday... It's a wild card. Could be some college football, could be more pro stuff. It's a video podcast, so you can watch it on Spotify or listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on Spotify. It's Slow News Day. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your fantasy team, we know you personalize your entire day. That's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices may vary by state. Options selected by customer availability and eligibility may vary. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid. Featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. Welcome to Extra Point Taken Shield Kapadia with Ben Solak on the Ringer NFL feed. Fun episode today. This goes back months ago. You know, Benny Souls, his mind is always working. He sends me a text. <laughs> hey, look at this. I, I don't even remember who it was, Ben. Someone had a great idea. It was NBA related, I believe, where they like looked ahead three years and did some type of here's what's going to be happening in 2025 or 2026 in the NBA. And Ben was like, this could work well as an extra point taken. And we tabled it and we said, all right, we got enough to talk about. Well, now it's the middle of May. We have nothing to talk about. So we said, we're stealing that. We're using this for the NFL. This is the exercise. Ben Solek and I, we're looking into our crystal balls three years from now. It's the year 2026. What is happening in the NFL. Ben, how did you have fun doing this exercise? Did you, were you just like 10 minutes before the show? You're like, oh my God, these, these are three things that could happen. Uh, how did you feel about this? Uh, it's actually funny. The second way is usually how I rep- prepare for the show. And this time <laughs> it was more the first way. It was overwhelming because there's just, there's so many things you want to say and then you want them all to come with this, with sufficient pop, sufficient punch, but you also <laughs> want them to be something that maybe actually potentially could happen such that you could swing back three years from now and be like, whoa, 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 whoa. And so it, it, it was a, a threading of the needle. And so I ended up like with a few takes that get a few different predictions into them. You know what I mean? And kind of a, yeah. a, a, a doing cum- accumulations that way. But yeah, it was a good time. Uh, I agree. I, I had like this long list and I'm like, oh, I just have to pick what are three that I like. But it was kind of fun to look ahead and be like, what could happen in the next uh, three years when I'm an even older man? Uh, in the NFL. So without further ado, I, can, I wonder if we have any like similar topics, Relatively similar, similar predictions. Yeah. It's possible. Let's get to it. Start us off. What is your first prediction uh, storyline? Something that's going to be happening in the NFL in the year 2026. All right. Justin Herbert will no longer be the quarterback of the Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> oh, baby. If you're a Chargers fan, I apologize if you're listening right now. <laughs> okay, right, let's so, hear it. 
Yeah, let's go back and let's look at, so it, it is currently 2023. Let's go back and let's look at the 2020 NFL season, right? Uh, where we had Matthew Stafford taking snaps for the Detroit Lions, right? Mm. Where we had Aaron Rodgers taking snaps for the Green Bay Packers. And we had Deshaun Watson taking snaps for the Houston Texans. A lot of quarterbacks, a lot more quarterbacks who feel eminently immovable move. I didn't even bring up the big one, which is Tom Brady, but that's obviously got a little bit of a different <laughs> a different circumstance in a different context. When you go and you look at the landscape of currently untouchable young quarterbacks who are clearly never, ever, ever going to leave their team ever, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, say like that, like that, like top group. I'm here to tell you in 2026, one of those guys is not going to be on the team that he's currently on. That's just, that's just the law of chaos. That's just the, the law of big and disorderly numbers. When I go and I try to find the guy, I look at a team that tends to uh, struggle to get out of the middle class. It's in an extremely different division, an extremely difficult conference to win that is currently lagging in terms of stars behind the Ravens with Lamar and the Bengals with Joe Burrow and the Bills with Josh Allen and the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes and maybe even eventually at some point soon, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that's and that's the, the I don't want to say that's the tricky part because I think there's no way the Jaguars are moving on from Lawrence because Lawrence represents probably the best quarterback in Jacksonville history if he continues on the arc that he's been on, right? Like it's like Byron Leftwich probably. And, and, yeah, yeah, and Dave, mean, David Gerard, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Whereas with Herbert, he's coming off of like the huge enormous philip rivers tenure which you know was coming off of a a, a a not enormous but still significant drew Brees tenure the chargers don't really move off of star quarterbacks is what i'm saying so it's a little bit hard to get this take over the line right it is a little bit challenging but if i'm trying to find the most likely world for one of these elite star quarterbacks of course we're never going to move on from him why would we ever move on from him this is our guy for the future is a guy for the next 10 15 years if i'm trying to find the one who makes the most sense that they move on from him los angeles is the team that feels like they're going to really underperform relative to expectations right if the jaguars like win the south a couple of times and hang around in the playoffs everybody's chilling the chargers were pretty good this year and one and done in the playoffs and they might do that again because i'm not sure that they added like their their big year for adding talent was last year. Their big year for adding stars was last year. It didn't work. I'm not sure yeah. that Brandon Staley isn't on the hot seat. The Chargers feel like the team with instability, and I could very well see at some point in the upcoming three seasons, not necessarily Justin Herbert because he seems happy to just kind of like chill and do whatever, but Justin Herbert's agent and Justin Herbert's team being like, hey, we might want to start making some noise about playing somewhere else and 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 uh, and winning some games there. The AFC to NFC quarterback disparity in terms of talent is in desperate need of balancing. And I don't mm. think it's a wild, insane, tectonic shifting opinion that one of these great young quarterbacks for the AFC, if they if things start to get squirrely and their team starts to underperform and they feel like they're not getting supported by the front office, if they say, hey, I'm getting over to that, get over to that other conference. <laughs> a little bit of an easier road there. Get some postseason success there. So I'm not saying the Chargers aren't going to extend Justin Herbert. I think they will. I'm just saying that we know that extensions are eminently get-outable, more get-outable yeah. than they've ever been before in terms of dead cap hits and trade opportunities. And if you had to make me bet on one of these young quarterbacks to leave, the guy I would bet on would be Justin Herbert and the Chargers going for a messy divorce.
first of all, great job coming in hot. Uh, that's how we do it, brother. So far this episode, it's everything I hope. I'll tell be. you right now, that's not my <laughs> hottest one. That's not your hottest one. Uh, yeah, the way, way I was waiting to hear the explanation you gave it there at the end. Like, was is this more the Chargers saying, "Hey, like maybe maybe Herbert gets injured for a year or something, and they end up with like a top three pick, and there's a great quarterback prospect, and they say, you know what, it hasn't worked with Herbert. Uh, we can get so much for Justin Herbert. Let's draft the quarterback. Let's try again. Let's bring in all this draft capital, that kind of thing. But you're saying it would be more Justin Herbert being like. What are you guys doing? Uh, I'm not the problem. You guys are the problem. We haven't done anything. Uh, I'm embarrassed. I need to go somewhere that promotes more of a winning culture, right? That's how this kind of plays out. I mean, in, in that way, it would be more, it would probably be this year's a disappointment. Brandon Staley's gone. They bring in a new yep. coach and that coach stinks too. And then at the end of that, Herbert's like, all right, you know, this is my third, <laughs> my third yeah. coach. I'm done with it. I want to go elsewhere. Yeah, like let's say the Chargers are... Like, let's say the Chargers do exactly what they've done the last two years, which have been like unbelievable years in terms of Herbert talent. Herbert's been so good at football these last two years. And they tripped over themselves in week 18 to not make the playoffs and then made the playoffs and like tripped over themselves and not even begin to encapsulate what they did against the Jacksonville Jaguars in that game. Yeah. Let's say they just keep doing that. Like the next two years are the exact same. They miss the playoffs for knucklehead reasons and then they get to the playoffs and they embarrass themselves. You tell me at the end of that 2025 season somebody isn't writing the article about should Justin Herbert be trying to get out of Los Angeles? Like, it just seems to me like a thing that would definitely be happening. Like, they, it, it, the, the logic is too strong there. Now, like I said, there's two main issues you run into. One, the Chargers are the sort of team that just kind of like, all right, keep the star quarterback. Like, we're cool. Just kind of going like 10 and 7 and whatever. Like, they, they it's not like, a, it's not like a, a huge market team with like high expectations and like crazy demands from a super involved ownership group. So, there's not as much uh, ignition, not as much as sparks there to kind of like actually spur on a move. That's problem one. And the problem two is Herbert doesn't seem to me to be that guy, right? If Herbert yeah. were like that big dude with that big personality, sure. So it would kind of need to be somebody else in Herbert's camp being like, let's go. Because <laughs> I think he'd be good to chill. So that's where I think it starts to, to, to struggle. I think that's where it starts to lose a little bit of the gas. Honestly, the the team the the individual for whom it might make more sense and i could see him if his team starts underperforming asking to get out would be like joe burrow but i think they've they've, they've been back back afc I championship games yeah, yeah they've been back back afc championship games so even if they have two underperforming seasons they've had the success thus that he would stay you know what i'm saying so like like i can't see jalen hurts doing it because of like his like whole commitment to the whatever of like leadership and, and the stuff. way the Eagles structured that deal like i know what, yeah. what you said is true like contracts are get outable that one was like a bigger commitment than it even looked like because they have to restructure uh that one so yeah it would have to be him saying like no i i, I want uh out of here which seems hard to believe when he's coming off for super bowl uh appearance in his second season yeah when you went through the list i'm with you like i was like no burrow is not you know burrow's is just so linked to cincinnati mahomes is just so linked to kansas city uh josh allen trevor lawrence like I, 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 as you were laying it out, I agreed with the premise that of all these guys, if there is one, that Herbert would be the most likely. So uh, I like it. Good, good one to lead us off here. All right, my turn. Here's a headline you're going to read uh, in the offseason in 2026. Bill Belichick, Washington Commanders, hope to make the leap in year three. 
You're saying, oh, wow. Oh, wow. I missed it. I was like, what? And then I got there. <laughs> You're saying, what are you talking about? Bill Belichick coaches the New England Patriots. All right. So how did we get here? Here's how we got here. 2023, Belichick's Patriots went eight and nine and missed the playoffs for the third time in four seasons. That put them at 33 and 34 in the post Tom Brady era. Robert Kraft said, you know what? I had to make that decision back in the day. Brady or Belichick. I chose Belichick. Brady went and won a Super Bowl. Belichick's done a lot for the franchise, but you know what? All good things come to an end. I got this guy Gerard Mayo on staff. He's, you know, we lined him up to be the successor. I think it's time we move in a different direction. They do this all, you know, behind the scenes. The press release might say something like, you know, both sides agree mutually agreed upon. It's one of those. It's all we love to mutually Seth agree Rick, upon things. Yeah, until she Seth Wickersham starts doing his reporting, agreeing upon podcast yeah. direction, podcast. We're mutually disagreeing mutual on yeah. everything. Yeah, uh, you know, until Seth Wickersham starts the reporting, everything seems like it's uh, <laughs> it's fine there. So this puts Belichick on the open market at the age of seventy-two. There's all sorts of speculation. Will Belichick call it quits? Will he go coach lacrosse? Will he take over Navy's football program? Will he go coach a high school team? What does Bill Belichick want to do now that he's in his 70s? But you know what? Bill Belichick is 22 wins short of Don Shula's NFL record. And he's never been about himself. He doesn't care. But he does care a little. He cares a lot about football history. And he says, you know what? I've got more left to give. Bobby Kraft thinks this was my fault. This wasn't my fault. I can still coach. I can still pick players. I'm going to continue to coach. So all of a sudden, we have this amazing coaching race. Who is going to grab Bill Belichick, hand him the keys at the age of 72, have him take over their franchise? Well, several teams are interested, but ultimately, Josh Harris, Magic Johnson, whoever else is part of that ownership group of the commander says, you know what? We got to go after him. We've been irrelevant. We've been a joke of a franchise. The fans deserve better. They've had this terrible owner for so long. We are going to hand Bill Belichick the keys. They hand him the keys. They say, Coach, GM, Magic has a little meeting with him. He sells him on Bill. Once you get the record, if you just want to be like our senior football advisor, kind of hang out, you know, direct the franchise, you can do that. Belichick likes that. He likes that it's close to Annapolis. I mean, Annapolis. Fantastic. Have you been to Annapolis, Ben? No. Why are we? Why? Why is Annapolis uh, important? He, he grew up there, right? He okay. was born there, grew up there. He still goes back. Uh, he's in the he's in the heart of the great lacrosse programs, Maryland Johns Hopkins. I mean, this is just where he wants to be uh, at this point in his life. So Belichick says, "You know what? I'm in. Let's do it." Washington Commanders. So first two years under Belichick, mostly mediocre, but 2025. They go nine and eight with quarterback Tyler Huntley. Uh, nice season. Something <laughs> Tyler, to build Tyler on. Huntley out of nowhere. <laughs> something, <laughs> so, something to build on. They go nine and eight. Uh, they make the playoffs, but they're one and done in the playoffs. But they enter 2026, and Belichick is just five wins away from tying Shula's record. His, his sights are set even higher. He thinks they can win the NFC East and make a deep playoff run. Now, there's rumors going into the season 2026. If they don't make that leap, this is probably it. He'll give it. He'll give a nice three-year run. If it doesn't happen, he'll move on to the next phase of his life. He'll have the record uh, in his pocket. But Bill Belichick, Washington Commanders, 2020, really 2024, but 2026 for our purposes. Your thoughts? 
That was, that was a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> Belichick for the Commanders, Tyler Tyler Huntley, and the, the entire arc in the back to Annapolis. Um, I'm I like I I I struggled to be that convinced that Belichick. I got I don't see Belichick taking a head coaching job right after the Patriots fired him. I would see him like what? sitting. He's going to take a year off. He's 72 years old. What are you talking about? Yeah. You can't just waste a year of your life when you're 72 okay, well, and then come back what after. Is this? What is this? This, this modern capitalist waste a year of your life at 72 no. philosophy year. The fact that he's 72 means he should take a year off. He will take what a year off. What it takes to coach an NFL team, the older you get, the harder it's going to be. No, that I will vehemently do. He is not taking a year off and then jumping back in at that age. If he wants okay. to continue coaching, he's going right back into it. Okay, let's so let, let's 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 play the game here. I like that we're proving we can even argue about hypotheticals that are not even going to happen. Okay, but nice let me well, let me let me actually get yeah, my hypothetical out before go we start ahead. commenting on how funny it is that we're <laughs> arguing on them. So, uh, Belichick, Patriots go five hundred. Disappointing. Mac Jones is angry. Belichick's fired. Who else getting fired this year? Uh, Staley's out from the Chargers. Let's give you that one right because because okay. I was bringing that one up earlier. Um. Who else you want to fire? Brown's job opens up, maybe. Kevin Stefanski maybe. gone. They, they underperform. Yeah. I'm looking uh, here like a, at the question mark Jets on the if, Bills. Jets if they underperform uh, with Aaron Oh, Rogers, Jets for that's sure. Possible. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so AFC see. teams, we're going to go Chargers, Browns, Jets. NFC teams. Uh, NFC West, everybody's keeping their job. I mean, maybe McVeigh is retiring. That's kind of like always a thing that looms. McCarthy. McCarthy is the possibility Mc in McCarthy Dallas. McCarthy with the Cowboys. Okay. And then Commanders, Rivera. Ron Rivera. Yep, you brought up. Yeah. Okay, so I'll give you Cowboys, Commanders, Chargers, Colts, or Chargers, uh, Browns, and Jets. Belichick's, is he, is he chomping at the bit for any of those jobs? Is he, is he so desperate to coach the Commanders? Is it, I mean, oh, I'm Chargers so would about be the, pretty attractive if I'm him. Who'd be? Chargers would be pretty attractive if I'm uh, Belichick. I mean, are the Chargers... Like, are, I don't Belichick. see it, but you asked if I'm Belichick and I'm looking at those. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be pretty attractive where you already have the quarterback. Already have the quarterback is nice, but it, you just told me about a, a man born in Annapolis, Maryland, who goes yeah, for the Jets listen. and the Patriots, who's lived in the you move to L.A. <laughs> Belichick and an L.A. team. I don't know. You ask me, are any of the jobs attractive? The job is attractive. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would, yeah, so that would narrow it to the uh, mid-Atlantic states if he wants to, you know, continue and, and, coaching. And if you go commanders, you're going new ownership group. Browns are going the Deshaun Watson. You're stepping into that voluntarily, into that new And cycle. would he go back to Cleveland? I mean, I don't right. think he would want to do that. Would right? he go back to the Jets, right? Would, would, he, go, would he go coach for mm, New York? Now that's spicy. Yeah, Dallas. You think he's working under Jerry Jones? I would eat my right. hat if he took a job under Jerry Jones. I agree. So, you know what? I think that was actually my initial. I thought about that one as my initial, but then I'm like, no, that's a, he's yeah. not going to work for Jerry Jones. I mean, if if he if he is even interviewing for the Chargers job, he's walking up to the Spanos family with a printed out list of Tom Telesco's draft history for the last ten years, and he's like, get this guy out of the building, and they're responding with Bill Belichick's draft history for the ten years, going, you're not that much better, and he's going, I'm not caring. I, I I want control over the roster. That's what I do. I'm Bill Belichick, right? Like it's, I just don't think it's it's easy for a Belichick worthy job in his eyes to open up in the same year in which he's fired from the Patriots. He might be taking a year off just because he wants to make sure that he gets the job that he wants. Well, that's actually why I chose the Commanders because of what you just said. Like I need a franchise where there's no GM stronghold and the coach could get fired, where the owner would just say it is your show. 
do whatever you want. I mean, Josh Harris is going to be living in New York. He's owning the Sixers. He's owning the Devils. He's not going to be a hands-on owner. He's going to tell you, here's what we have to spend. Make my team a winner. And Belichick can craft the whole thing. Also, you know, like when I was growing up, this was a proud franchise. Like this was a this was a franchise uh, competitive, getting to Super Bowls. And so maybe there's a sense of that uh, history with him as well. Maybe, maybe an appeal of returning the Washington franchise to, uh, to prominence. So that's why I picked him. That's all. All right, let's take a quick break. Well, come this. I'm having fun so far. So we like we should have just done this for like the last five episodes. Honestly, we just, just only <laughs> ever do podcasts yeah. three yeah. years in the future. Like yeah. after week one, we just do the week one 2026 pod. I would say we just launch a new but let, let's launch a new pod ringer pod three years from now. That that's just the name of the podcast. We can take this to anything. Three years from now, here's what's gonna be happening uh in Ben's fishing life, uh with me mowing the lawn. Anything you want three years from now, I think it has potential. We'll pitch that. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back with Ben's second prediction. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your fantasy team, we know you personalize your entire day. That's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices may vary by state. Options selected by customer availability and eligibility may vary. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln and the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid. Featuring customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh, my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. All right, we are back on Extra Point Taken. Hit me with your second prediction, Benjamin Solak. Quote, Los Angeles Rams head coach Kyle Shanahan, excited to pick up where Sean left off. (laughs) So, Kyle Shanahan was hired in 2017. Uh, He has famously not yet won a Super Bowl for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, He... Sean McVay and Sean McDermott are the three 2017 coaches that are still employed. Sean McVay, obviously a a Super Bowl winner. Sean McDermott, great regular season record. Kyle Shanahan just got over 500. Uh, Sean, though, needs a little bit of postseason success, uh, and that's that's worrisome. Everybody else is more tenured. Andy Reid, Super Bowl champion. Pete Carroll, Super Bowl champion. John Harbaugh, Super Bowl champion. Mike Tomlin, Super Bowl champion. Bill Belichick, Super Bowl champion. We are starting to get to the point for McDermott, but also for Kyle Shanahan, Sorry, these right. are the coaches that were coaching in 2017 and are still coaching the teams you're saying? Yeah, these are longest tenure okay. coaches oh, in gotcha. the league, okay. right? So, okay. like I said, everybody who's been coaching for since longer than 2017 has won a Super Bowl. That's Andy, gotcha. Pete Carroll, John Harbaugh, Mike Tomlin, Bill Belichick. Uh, the guys who started in 2017 are McVay, who's obviously won it, and then Sean McDermott and Kyle Shanahan. Okay, Focusing gotcha. specifically on Shanahan, there's no doubt that Shanahan is, is a great coach. There's no doubt that he's an incredible coach. He has been in three of the last four NFC Championship games and has uh, one Super Bowl berth and a Super Bowl loss to his name. He also very famously had another opportunity to be on a coaching staff that won a Super Bowl with the 2016 Atlanta Falcons, and that did not go great for Kyle. There is a frustration among the 49ers fan base 
with the lack of postseason success around Kyle Shanahan. Now, I would love to tell you that things are going to get rosier, right? Oh, the NFC is weak and the, the, the team is, that is so true? good. I feel like 49ers fans love Kyle Shanahan. You think there's uh, a Somebody's written a lot about Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. I would say that well, I would say certainly the majority are like, yeah, great coach because he is. I w- but there's okay. definitely a, a minority, however vocal, that's like, well, why? Like the guy is a choker. Like the guy can't get okay. it done in the postseason, right? Which he hasn't gotten it done in the postseason. Uh, now we're seven, three years into the future. You say, all right, Ben, there's a good chance the Niners win the Super Bowl in the next three years. Is there? Because the quarterback room right now is Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, Sam Darnold. Uh, Kyle started the San Francisco tenure with a quarterback issue, hitching his wagon to Jimmy, who was good but not good enough, as they discovered in that 2020 Super Bowl. And since then, has attempted to improve the situation, but I'm not sure he has. Uh, And losing consistently in the playoffs is one thing. Losing consistently in the playoffs the exact same way, the quarterback being insufficient, is another thing. It's a frustrating thing. Uh, Kyle's also not great at the politics game in terms of like explaining losses and defraying blame and can you know be tough with his players and can rub some people the wrong way and their frustrations can go there the other thing that kyle has done unbelievably to this point in his career that at some point has to expire is the is the ability to hire coordinators that continue to work right like they lost Sala, and it was like right they're gonna take a step back and they just promoted D'Amico and D'Amico was great well now they lost D'Amico so now he's got to get Steve Wilkes in the building who was not like a guy who came up the way that that D'Amico Ryans was not a guy that came up the way that Mike McDaniel was right uh he's got to take these uh a, a new coach install them and and have the offense run from there uh it is a more challenging it, it is challenging to do what Kyle has already done and he's done it so well. It's so very impressive. And yet still doesn't have the Super Bowl win. So I think there's a non-zero chance that the 49ers make a change at head coach because of the lack of Super Bowl success on an otherwise what they feel to be Super Bowl caliber roster. That would be a bad decision. I would not endorse that decision. I would say that is a mistake. I just think there's a non-zero chance. If and when that occurs, I think Shanahan becomes a Hugely, a hugely attractive uh, head coaching asset. And I think one of the best jobs that might be available around this time is the Los Angeles Rams job. Not for any of the like, oh, they might fire him reasons I just listed because Sean McVay might retire at any given time. I'm now of the headspace that after any bad multi-score loss to the Seattle Seahawks, Sean might just walk into the press room at the stadium and be like, I'm calling it. I hate losing gonna- so much. I mean, all the reporting that you've read is just, I would be so terrified if I was a Rams fan that this guy's going to wake up on the wrong side of the bat and say that he's done. I don't think nice he'd actually... Tease be- for my se- nice tease for my second prediction, by the yeah. way. I mean, my, uh, my, my second half of this prediction is Uh-oh. Uh, new San Francisco head coach Sean McVay, quote, <laughs> no black blood between me and Kyle. <laughs> but that's, that's mostly a joke. I was screwing around with that one. I mean, I'm kind of screwing around with the first bit. But anyway... Um, <laughs> I mean, why it, it? Sean and Kyle are friends, and and Sean would be the first person to endorse Kyle for the job, and also tell Kyle that he can get the job there. That what he wants, but like you know, presumably like the same level of control over the personnel and influence over the GM decisions, and so on and so forth. Uh, and so, I just think that when coaches don't win Super Bowls and they're there for a long time, frustrations can boil, and sometimes that leads to bad mistakes in terms of of of. Uh, that coach being let go and then they can go somewhere else and be very very successful um 
It would not be a good decision, but I think still possible. Maybe a, as you were speaking, maybe a little like Andy. I know it hasn't been as long, but a little Andy Reedish with that's the, the exact, Eagles, right? That, yeah, so that's the exact sort of name I was thinking of, right? Okay. Where it was just like, all right, like you know what? Like we all still know he's a good coach. It's just right. we got to do this, man. Like it's just we you have to at some point have some trajectory. You got to be even if you're taking a step back, at least you're stepping somewhere, right? Andy was head coach in the Eagles ninety nine to two thousand and twelve. So that's thirteen years. If Kyle's fired in twenty twenty six, starting in twenty seventeen, that's nine years. It's a little bit shorter, but it's I'll tell you, the NFL time. world moves faster than it did back in yeah. the in the aughts. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I think that's inflation. You know what I'm saying? That's just the going rate. Um, and so I and, like I. I I was considering bringing up Andy in the explanation. I honestly thought you'd bristle at that too much. So I was like, nah, I don't want to get no, the shield about the Andy comparison. Kyle comparison. All right, good. Yeah. All right, good. You're giving, giving me a little, uh, little, little more faith here in this one then. Yeah, I think, I, I think, uh, I mean, it would be interesting to look at a list of how many head coaches have kept their jobs for 10 plus years without winning a Super Bowl. I, I mean, I would imagine that is a very so, s- small list. Yeah. So there is kind of a list like so wikipedia has a list of just like longest tenured head coaches but they don't have it for individual teams which is which is tricky and you can look at it by like you know who's 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 uh, been in the playoffs the longest or, or who's been the longest without a playoff win who's the longest without a super bowl win so on and so forth yeah and most of the names that are, are like 10 plus years without a super bowl win or i should say like 15 plus years are like guys from the 60s you know what i'm saying these guys from like a long time ago and marvin lewis Marvin Lewis, who just like was around for forever right. and never won a playoff game. Um, so it, it, it's it's just the nature of like, you know, a change for change's sake. It's just the nature of like a competitive NFL where eventually like it, if the Niners play three more seasons and go to the playoffs every year, win the West every year and don't have a Super Bowl berth, at some point, someone's going to throw their hands up. You know what I'm saying? And like, maybe it's, maybe it's a John Lynch thing instead of a Kyle Shanahan thing, but somebody's got to toss their hands up. Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird to think about it, but as you were speaking, it's like, it's possible that Kyle Shanahan, like Kyle Shanahan's only 43 years old. Like, it's possible he has, a, like Andy Reid's second act is is better than his first act. It's, pile, it's, it's possible, I mean, I don't know that it's likely, it's possible that Kyle Shanahan has a second act that's better uh, than his first act. I mean, I, I think he really uh, is an appealing coach for a number of, re- I mean, two of the things were kind of what you mentioned there, just... Uh, an, an offensive coach who can do more with less at quarterback. Like he has not had a great quarterback, a star quarterback, and he's won a lot of games and made it to the Super Bowl and made it to the NFC Championship. Uh, and for the last few years here, at least uh, what three of the last four years here, they've been a, yeah. a consistently good team. So you've got that. And then the thing you were mentioning about assistance, I mean, you're right. At some point, that's hard to do. But right now, that's a big feather in his cap. That man, you you're just you're the the guys who are coaching under you are going on to get head coaching opportunities and one guy leaves and you replace him with the next guy and then that guy gets hired uh, for a head coaching opportunity like that's a good job uh out of him to kind of identify that talent bring people in and then they go on to bigger and better things you're right at some point you miss on one of those and it gets hard yeah. in a hurry and that's why i was thinking well you know the andy reed thing it's like when did that really go south for him well they had a four and twelve season after he decided that he was replacing Sean McDermott, defensive coordinator, with Juan Castillo, offensive line coach, as his new defensive coordinator. I mean, that was really like the last straw where, you know, ownership kind of looks at it. It's like, this, wait, has he lost his fastball? Like, is he still able to do this? 
And then they go four and 12 in a season where everything goes wrong. And it's just like, all right, we're not in that stretch anymore where we're competing for a Super Bowl every year. Uh, we love you. We know you're a great coach. You've done a great job. But like you said, it's been a long time. It hasn't happened. Uh, we're mm -hmm. just going to move on here. And Andy Reid wasn't like, yeah, I want to move on. I agree. Like Andy Reid did not want to move on at that time. He moves on. And remember, Arizona was very interested right away. And then the Chiefs end up hiring him. And the rest is history. He's got multiple Super Bowls uh, under his belt. And I think when I was looking this up earlier, I think he's fifth all time in wins for a coach, which I was like, whoa, he's all the way up to five now. He's been around, who, man. Who knows how much longer he wants to keep coaching, but with Mahomes, that's only going to go up. So um, I don't know. My my sense, like I sort of feel like Shanahan, like you do with, like if Shanahan is done with the night, he's a man who needs a year off. Like, have you seen how this man has aged uh, over the years? And if you're telling me it's three more years without a Super Bowl, I don't know what he's going to look like yeah. at the end of that. And he's young enough where he can take a year off, uh, come back into the mix uh, after a year. But um, I don't know. My initial reaction was like, no, he, the 49ers would not be so short-sighted as to say, let's move on. But uh, you made a good argument. If you're going nine years without having won a Super Bowl, and maybe like the last year ends up being a train wreck, and you end up going six and 10, always possible at that, at that point that yeah. the team decides Looking to off the on. list, uh, modern, like relatively modern coaches who have not won a Super Bowl in terms of like tenure length, which again, is not necessarily just with like one team. But you had Jeff Fisher, coach for 22 years, never won a Super Bowl. Uh, and then you get down to like John Fox, 16 years, Marvin Lewis, 16 years, Norv Turner, 15 years, Ron Rivera, coach 12 years, Lovey Smith, 12 years, no Super Bowl. But most of those guys, like Fox went from Oilers and Titans to the Rams and like added to his tenure that way. He was with Oilers and Titans for like, what, like 15 years? Though, Fisher. You know yeah, Jeff Fisher. Yeah, Fisher, yeah. Fisher was, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you have him. You, I mean, like. Ron had how many years with the uh, with the Panthers before they moved on? He was uh, 2011, 2019. So that's eight years, right? And then they they move on from him, and he immediately goes to Washington. He had he got Super Bowls same way that that uh, that, that Kyle did. He got to the, he got to the game. He just couldn't get the the hay in the barn. Uh, eight years for Lovey, head coach of the Bears, or actually that's nine years because you had to add the extra year. Nine years before they they uh, they axed him, and then he goes to Tampa, and then eventually to Houston. And so like eight nine years, man. Like it's not. It's not outside of the realm of possibilities. Yeah. Again, I would not endorse the decision, I don't think, but I get it. Yeah, as you were reading those names, I'm like, Kyle Shanahan's a better coach than all these guys, in my opinion. But at the same time, you know, things go south. And like you said, it's not like they have, hey, young, like they tried to have a plan with Trey Lance and that's not the plan anymore. Like if Trey Lance was just on the rise and they're like, this is the guy, now maybe it'll be Purdy, but it, it, it is a little less stable than you would think for a team coming off all the success they've they've come off uh, in three of the last four years. All right. This just shows how far the show has come, Ben, that that was your second one. And my second one, even though we haven't talked at all, we didn't share any information about what we were talking about. My wow. second one. Synergy. Sean McVay replaces Tony Romo as CBS's oh, okay. lead analyst. Wow. Getting the Romo prediction in there is smart. That's a good one. <laughs> You're saying, what are you talking about, Sheil? We read, we, we listen to Brian Curtis in the press box. We listen to all the, we read Andrew Marchand of the New York Post. Tony Romo's under contract through 2029 at $18 million per year. How would he be out in 2026? Well, let me tell you how. You know, network execs tried to make it work with Tony Romo, but ultimately his performance just steadily declined 
from when he first started, when everyone thought this is the next John Madden, this guy's incredible, he gets the new contract, he, he really makes money for everybody else, Aikman, Brady, Joe, all these guys make huge money because Tony Romo kind of reset the market there. But CBS looks at it and says, after he got that contract, it's, it's obvious. Yeah, he's not willing to put work in to get better at his craft. He was great in the beginning because he knew all the players. He knew all the teams. He had just come out of the league. Well, that's not the case anymore. You have to do other things. And he's not doing those other things. We're getting crushed uh, on social media. We're getting crushed by all the media critics for some of the games he's calling. It's not going well. So that's where they are with Romo. You say, Sheila, how does McVay get to CBS in 2026? Well, here's what happened. After the 2024 season, Sean McVay said he's stepping away from football. Ben mentioned it earlier. He's already kind of had, we, we saw how much it wore on him just having one bad season. Well, you know what? 2023 and 2024, those were not great seasons either. And he said, all right, we made our run uh, with Stafford, Cup, and Donald. We won a Super Bowl. We had some great years, but I just need to step away. He promises his wife. I think his wife's name is Veronica. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, you can fact check me on that. For our purposes, we'll assume his wife's name is Veronica. They say, we're taking the year off. He, he commits to her. He says, we're taking the year off. Don't worry. I'm not doing anything else. I'm not jumping into broadcasting. Let's go travel the world. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury sends him some, you know, you got to check out this spot in, uh, in Thailand. They go there. They go all across the globe uh, for a year. And then he returns stateside to Los Angeles. And he says, what do I want to do next after this one-year break? Teams start calling. They say, Sean McVay had a lot of success. In Los Angeles, we want Sean McVay. He's going to be refreshed. This is going to be his second act. This is going to go really, really well. So McVay thinks about returning to coaching, but Amazon comes in. Amazon's just been struggling to fill their booth. They want to generate more of a buzz. They thought all this money they paid was going to, you know, they were going to have a better product. They haven't been able to nail it quite yet. So he's all set to sign with Amazon. But what happened? CBS higher-ups call McVeigh's agent. They say, listen, no one can know about this. You cannot <laughs> leak this information. We want to talk to Sean. They say, we will come to your house. We cannot be seen in public. They, they, they somehow get their hands on an Amazon Prime truck. They drive the Amazon oh, Prime truck. Clever. This That's is clever. CBS. Yeah. yeah, they take the Amazon Prime truck. They go right up to his house. They're even dressed in the uniform, the vest. They even have a couple boxes. No one knows what's in the boxes. They go up. He opens the door. They boom, they go right in. They say, Sean, no one can know about this, but we are thinking of cutting ties with Tony Romo. We're only doing it if we know we can replace him with you. They start talking numbers. Five years, $100 million. Okay. That, that McVeigh saying, all right, I'm making that kind of money to announce games. That sounds pretty appetizing. But McVeigh says, you know, I'm not all about money. CBS says, all right, we're giving you a recurring role on the show Blue Bloods, starring Tom Selleck, Donnie Wahlberg, and Bridget what Moynihan. What about Blue Bloods reference? <laughs> McVeigh's going, all right, that sounds pretty good. You know, I'm like dipping my toe in different waters. It's not all, all football with me anymore. And so ultimately, McVeigh talks to his wife. He talks to his agent and he says, all right, I'm taking the deal. He replaces Tony Romo. It's unprecedented for a network to just cut ties with an announcer who's making this much money in the middle of his contract. But CBS felt like it had no other choice. There, there's, there's, 
different reporting about whether there's offset language in Romo's contract if he goes somewhere else, if he's just going to golf and 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 take the rest of the money on his contract. We don't know, but for the foreseeable future, CBS four o'clock games, you're getting Jim Nance and Sean McVay. How does it sound? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, this, this is the most likely one we've said. This all, is all, so all. fun. I'm again, I want to do every podcast like this. I don't want to talk about anything that's happening now. I just want to look down the road and throw crazy stuff at the wall. This like story. I feel like we're writing fiction. Right, I mean, you, this is so I, much fun. I don't want to watch say, film. I, I don't want to look at analytics. We're writing fiction here. Yeah. I can tell by I can tell by your voice. You slip into like I used to tell sto- bedtime stories to my girls, and now they're too old, and this is the only way I get to do this. So they get in an Amazon Prime van, and they drive up to Jean. I was so door. proud of that one. I got to admit, I thought of that little detail like two minutes before we started recording. I'm I was like, oh, I, baby, legit that's gold. I, like when you were like, they, "We have to find a way to get them." I was like, "Oh, yeah, pull out the Escalades, tinted windows," and you were like, "No, no, 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 Prime van. Like that's the modern way to do it. That's very good." Uh legitimately i think this is the most likely one we've said this thus far i mm. think that like if you made me bet i would that if mcveigh retires in the next three years yes or no i'd probably bet yes and then if you made me bet sean mcveigh is available is cbs going to try to swap in for romo okay 100 percent. i think that cbs <laughs> would love an opportunity to to get out of their long massive financial commitment to Romo in a way that doesn't look like they're just doing that. It looks like they're actually doing something else. And Sean McVay would be that to a T. I'd want I, I feel like McVay would want the ESPN thing just because Gruden, right? Like he would want to follow in, okay. in, in the footsteps of his mentor. But blue but bloods. Don't forget about blue bloods. Why wait, can you walk me through why blue bloods <laughs> is important? <laughs> I googled most popular CBS shows and it was either Blue Bloods or NCIS and I went with Blue Bloods. I thought okay. Tom Selleck, you know what? I'm going to get that in. There. That is literally the only reason. So, uh, besides the Blue Bloods factor of everything, um, yeah, I feel like you might want the ESPN thing, but ESPN's got Buck and Aikman. I don't, I don't right. envision that not working anytime soon. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, but I... I very much like I considered a lot of Sean McVay retires what happens next outcomes before I landed on the Kyle Shanahan one and broadcast future was definitely something I thought about. I could also see Sean just like going like full like Michael Strahan route and being like, I want a daytime tell. You know what I'm saying? Can you visit really? Sean just like pretending to be super excited about like a new product for like men's wellness? Yeah, you know, like when, when, when McVeigh, like, like <laughs> think, think about how much he loves the Chunky Campbell commercials and then think about what's going to happen when he has more time. Like, I think he's, I think yeah. when, when McVeigh retires and enters media, he's going to be balls to the wall media member. He's going to be an insane hustle. Got to grind. I've memorized the script. He's going to be on everything for everything the whole time. That's why ESPN would be good for him because just hours of McVeigh programming. He would yeah. love it. Yeah, I do think he's a football sicko. And even when he wants to step away from coaching, will want to do something uh, football related. But I would agree with you. If you, I, I'm with you. If you gave me the over under three more years, I mean, I might even take the under for two more years. Like, I, I, I'm with you that I think at any point he might just be like, all right, I was on the fence last year. Um, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. It's time to take a break, refresh a little bit, uh, get my mental health right, and do something else. All right, we will take one more break here. And then we come back with our final predictions for 2026.
This episode is brought to you by Viore. If you're sick and tired of your old traditional workout gear, then I have two words that will change everything. Viore clothing. This line of active wear is truly unbelievable. And here's why. Look, you've seen me. You've seen the shorts I do on YouTube. I walk around. I do stuff. I listen to podcasts when I walk. I make calls when I walk. I like to wear comfortable workout equipment, you know, like nothing nuts, just like a really nice pullover, comfortable pants to walk around. Viore is designed to work out in whatever you're doing, but it doesn't look or feel like you're working out at all. It's so freaking soft and comfortable. You'll never want to take it off. And here's the best part. You don't have to take it off. Wear Viore clothing to train, travel, or lounge around the house. I do a lot of lounge around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viore.com slash ringer. V-U-O-R-I.com slash ringer. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid, featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. Back on Extra Point Taking, Shiel Kapadia with Ben Solak. All right, Ben, hit me with your third prediction for 2026. Headline, West Coast teams already tasking sports science employees with figuring out travel to London for 2028 games. NFL is going to have a team in London, I would say 2028, 2029, permanent team. Expansion, four teams in the UK, four teams in Europe by like 2031. I didn't want to do it like in 2026 because that's too early. We would know by now okay. if it was happening there by then. But you can you can Google this and you can read this. Like Roger Goodell has explicitly said, uh, he was asked, "I believe consider into putting an entire NFL division in Europe." This is from CBS Sports, and he said that's part of what we're doing. We're trying to sort of see could you have multiple locations in Europe where you could have an NFL franchise because it would be easier as a division, right? Expand into Europe, but you can't just put one team over there. Put four teams over there, and that way everybody's traveling more consistent. It's not like half the league gets screwed because they have to travel to the UK and the other half doesn't. And then it's not like the UK teams have to, or I shouldn't say UK, the Europe teams have to travel every single week. Sometimes they'll be playing one another and they won't have to travel as much because the travel aspect of things is the most challenging aspect of this, right? The travel aspect and, and, and like Seattle having to go play a game seven, eight hours ahead on the body clock in London, that's the big problem, right? That's, that's, that's the, uh, the issue. And one of their solutions is by trying to put a whole division there in, in, in Europe. I think we have to sit and look at the fact that Peacock is paying $110 million for one playoff game. We have to sit and look at how the cap didn't just rebound, but exploded after COVID. We have to sit and look at, at record revenue numbers and look at, at NFL television numbers in the U.S. and just say the quiet part out loud. The NFL is making too much money to not expand, even if it's not into Europe and it's just add more teams like, like you know, add a, add, add a Toronto team, add a St. Louis team. The Battlehawks fan base for the XFL was sick. Add a Portland team, add a Sacramento team, add, add a Salt Lake City team, add an Oakland and San Diego's teams. I don't care. But the NFL is making way too much money for no one in the league offices right now to be thinking about, let's do more teams. More teams, more weeks, more bye weeks, 
more games, healthier players, more money, more stadiums. I don't think they care about that part. Yeah, but well, yeah, I, I was I was trying to get that in there because that's, the that's an important okay. part of it. Yeah, but just like there's there's no way of like you know, forgive me, the fat cats aren't looking at this and saying this thing can just be fatter. Like it's just that's just the simple reality of it. And then when you go and look at what the NFL says when they talk about expansion, their huge focus is on Europe and the and the uh, the the idea of playing. Uh, they're playing consistent games in London, and they would like to play consistent games in Germany. I think that it's very likely that the NFL is thinking about how to get a permanent team in London, and it is just a little bit less likely, but still quite likely, they're trying to figure out how to get a permanent team in Munich, Berlin. I don't know what what city makes the most sense here. I've never been to Germany. I haven't got the information. But I would say that by the time we hit 2026, the conversations around consistent NFL presence in London, and to a lesser degree in Europe, but certainly in London, is no longer a question of if, it's a question of when and how. It's a question of, okay, since this is happening, what do we need to do? Since it's happening, how are, how are we going to change the scheduling approach? Since it's happening, how are we going to add more weeks to the season? Like, because this has been decided, because this is going forward, because they are constructing the NFL rosters in London right now, how are we going to scrap this thing together such that there's some semblance of, of, of competitive equality and competitive balance? Uh, if, you aren't, if you were listening to the Extra Point Taken show on the Ring NFL show, and you are not currently a fan of one of the 32 NFL teams, don't worry. Salvation's coming because there's going to be more of them within the next decade. Uh, so are the Jag the Jaguars are staying in Jacksonville? We're just adding teams. Yes. Or are they? I would say it's, yes. do, okay. I would say it's, I would say it's more likely they add teams. Like, I, I I I don't know the answer to this, but in my head, it's intuitively like you know, like, uh, like you, know, it, it it seems to me almost more challenging to move the entire Jacksonville Jaguars operation to London as opposed to just creating a new London team, right? Yeah. Which, if they were moving from Jacksonville to Tallahassee, I think it would be easier probably. But to me, like Jacksonville to London, to me, it's, it just seems way logistically simpler to just create a London team as opposed to moving the Jags. But I don't know what I'm talking about. So I'm perfectly happy to be wrong there. Uh, the London team, you know, they, you get a call, you get a little number on your cell phone. Oh, that's interesting. Someone from London. Mm -hmm calling me they say ben solak it's uh what year is this 2028 it's happening right 2028 yep okay so it's the 2027 they're planning they say we've been listening to you on extra point taken for years uh we'd like your football acumen we love the videos you do you know the x's and o's you have the energy mm -hmm. to live mm -hmm. in this world we want you to be uh the gm of the london monarchs i don't know warriors that is there already a team called that? I don't know. That. Whatever. They say, we're still working on the name. Anyway, we're having a team in London. We want you to come uh, be the GM. Are you, say, are you saying yes before you even hang up the phone? Are you saying, let me think about it? Are you saying, oh, my wife's not going to like that? Where is uh, 2028 Benjamin Solak as a potential GM candidate for the Lung London football team, LFT? <laughs> you got it. You got to do it. it. To start a team from scratch? <laughs> <laughs> take over a team is one thing from scratch is awesome that's a, that's, a, that's i've been training for that in madden franchise mode for years brother we're ready there you go. let's go right. super bowl right. in the next five years there you go ben is in london with you i like it that's a uh that's a good one yeah london is the one that always gets talked about right but then they're you know they got the mexico city they're playing they're playing the germany game so they're obviously looking um elsewhere and yeah as you were just mentioning the american cities i'm like 
I don't know the answer to this, but does any like team currently have an attendance problem? It doesn't seem like it when I'm watching games every Sunday, right? I mean, every ticket, it seems like yeah. it's pretty hard to come by. And here's the thing with it, with an attendance problem. Even if it existed, is, is anybody feeling it? Like, right. oh no, there's it's not... such a small piece of the pie, yeah. Right, there's not enough people in the, 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 the stadium for FedEx Field. Okay, well, like, the commanders yeah. are still making billions. Right. And I'm like, yeah. like that's, that's, that's why to me, like, when I think about expansion, I think about a complete and total inevitability unless the NFL just stops working. And NFL's not going to stop working. It's yeah, going to keep working forever. That so, like, that's the yeah. reality of it. There'll still be fantasy. There'll still be betting. There'll still be everything else. All right. I like it. My third one. Caleb Williams, Tampa Bay Bucks look to defend NFC crown. Wait a minute. Oh, did- I thought you were going to say Super Bowl crown. Let's go. Step up. I don't know. Well, here's what happened. Okay. The Arizona Cardinals in the 2024 20- draft ended up with the top two picks. Their own and the Texans. Wow. You're just saying this because you want it to happen because of when you lit up the Texans like a month ago for doing this trade. Uh, this, is, no this, comment. Is, this is manifesting right now. No comment. Uh, they end up with the one and two picks in a bit of a surprise. Not a crazy surprise. A lot of people are split on it. The Cardinals select North Carolina quarterback Drake May with the top pick. Now, all of a sudden, teams say, wait. The number two pick is up for grabs, and we can get Caleb Williams, this generational prospect, and the bidding starts. The Tampa Bay Bucks, who have zero planet quarterback, I mean, they are going with Baker Mayfield and Jeff Driscoll in 2023. They send a massive haul to the Arizona Cardinals, which includes uh, three first-round picks and many, many, many more picks, really, like, well, since the Ricky Williams trade, like the biggest trade uh, in NFL history since that. And they're only having to come up from five to two because they were the fifth worst team in the NFL. They had the fifth overall pick. They go from five to two. The Cardinals say, we only have to move down three spots. Plus we get all these future picks. Uh, We're absolutely going to do this. The Tampa Bay Bucks draft Caleb Williams. Williams takes the league by storm. I mean, year number two, he wins the MVP. He leads the Bucks to the Super Bowl, but they lose to the quarterback he's most often compared to, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. So in the offseason, the Bucs make a huge splash. They sign Garrett Wilson, the top free agent wide receiver on the market. They pair him with a 30-year-old Chris Godwin. They still got Caleb Williams. And so the Bucs, after the Tom Brady era, they just have one down year. It results in them getting Caleb Williams. He's already reached superstar status. And all of a sudden, if you're doing the future uh, franchise rankings, the Bucs are as well-equipped as any team in the NFL, but more specifically to the point you made earlier, the NFC to compete for Super Bowls in 2026 and the future. Caleb Williams, Tampa Bay Bucks, year three. That would be looking to defend the NFC crown and get him his first Super Bowl ring. What do you think? My good Bucks buddy, Trevor Sikama, posted a Caleb Williams Bucks jersey edit about four <laughs> seconds after the NFL draft ended this year. And I would really not like for him uh, to, to be able to hit that back up. Um, Caleb, like of all the Caleb Williams teams, the Bucks are the least interesting to me. Like, that's the most boring. We just saw them be good with Brady. Give them to somebody else. Like, 
Caleb well, I had to be realistic. I can't. I can determine what the crystal ball says. I can just. You got pick the. A team you had the Cardinals th- the first two picks. <laughs> I, that's because that's what's gonna happen. That's what the crystal ball said. That wasn't my choice. I think you're misunderstanding the process. Yeah, here. and Drake May is also gonna go before the uh, before Caleb Williams too. That wasn't contrived. Listen, I'm looking at some Nate Tice tweets, and I think he's saying Drake as Drake May's as QB one. You know, Nate Nate Tice has a lot of influence. Our friend Nate Tice. Nate, Nate, yeah, Nate is Nate is Drake Maypilled. We've been we've been chatting about it. He he likes the uh, the Justin Herberty flashes, and Caleb's like you know Caleb's a goofball. Caleb's uh, as a rule breaker. I would like uh I think yeah Caleb Williams on the Cardinals. I think to me that's 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 more fun, right? To is that Kyle fun? Murray. I mean, yeah. Caleb Williams and Jonathan Gannon, you know, to a franchise that's done things that, that got an F from the NFLPA. I mean, is that really what we want? Oh, is that what we're doing? We're grading funness based off I of the I don't know. NFL I'm just grades. saying. That that doesn't seem sound fun to me. Like, who cares? Who wants to watch Caleb Williams on the Cardinals? I like, the roster like, I like, I like when, a, when a team that has no Super Bowl history They've gets... had plenty of success. Kurt Warner, they got him to a, to a Super Bowl. They had some good teams with Bruce Arians. Carson Palmer... They've had some. Teams they've had some good teams in like won the last Super Bowl. Like, never. I mean, that's fine. Yeah. But they've gotten there. Cardinals, they Falcons, Caleb Williams uh, 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 picking up where Michael Vick left off getting the Falcons. They should not be the rewarded for their patience. I don't. I, <laughs> they're not going to be the, bad. But the Buccaneers, the Buccaneers who just <laughs> did a couple years of mercenary Tom Brady, just fall bass backwards into Caleb. You feel good about that? <laughs> All right, now you've got me looking at who would actually be the most fun team. Minnesota Titans Vikings might be a good one. Ooh, Vikings? The Vikings yeah. aren't going to be bad enough. You know what? I think I might have had him going to the Vikings in my first draft of, uh, <laughs> of this, but yeah, it, it's hard. I was trying to find a team that was going to be bad enough to be able to move up uh, you know, to a top two pick, and so that limited my options somewhat. So that's uh, what I came up with there. But that's going to be fun next year to potentially have two like, young, great quarterbacks enter the league. I'm with you. They need, to get, they need to get in the NFC to balance this out a little bit. Like If both those guys go to NFC teams, uh, that will be pretty fun. That will be a nice way to quickly balance it. Uh, listen, assuming that their 2023 seasons go well, we know a lot can change from now and next year's draft. But I don't know. I, I'm very impressed with both those guys and think they're going to be fun when they enter the league. All, All right. right. Uh, extra point. You want some? Oh, you uh, have one. Cu- okay. You want? Uh, you I got some takes from the cutting room floor. Okay. Like. What do you got? I got some. Yeah, let's some hear quick, them. Some quick extra point taken. Uh, yeah, my extra point taken. Um, some of these are inherently contradictory to ones that I previously said, <laughs> which is why they were left on the cutting room floor. But this is just for fun. This is not. This this doesn't count at all. Uh, Peter King headline: Ten candidates to be the next Mike McDaniel. I feel like we're going to get a Mike McDaniel arc similar to a Sean McVay arc really? uh, in terms of offensive. Yeah, I think that I, I, I've said I think I said to you on, on during an in-season show, Mike McDaniel is the closest thing we've gotten to McVay since McVay in terms of like. I, I think that one. was my take was that McDaniel is the yeah, new yeah, yeah, Sean yeah, McVay yeah, and yeah, you yeah, loved it. And then yeah, I've said it other it. places and claimed yeah. it was mine. That's what it was. You're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> okay. Um, uh Ken Patrick Mahomes headline: Can Patrick Mahomes break Brady's record? Him after winning his I had, fourth Super Bowl. I had something similar yeah. written down. Yeah, yeah, I just wrote Patrick Mahomes, but that's where I was going with it. Yeah, he's won two already. He wins two of the next three. Can Patrick Mahomes yeah. uh, break Brady's record? Uh, Lions general manager Brad Holmes after NFC Championship game loss. Jared Goff is still our guy. 
I feel like that's just a gimme, right? There's no he's chance. 20, he's 26. Yep. Oh <laughs> he's 32. He's still in his prime. We feel great. We got here to the championship game. We still love Jared Goff. I feel like that one's a gimme. Uh, this one's for you. Ritter me this. Desmond Ritter is the league's first $60 million man after a four-year four $240 million <laughs> extension. Oh, I wish that was a, one of your actual ones and wasn't cutting room floor. All right. Uh, like Kyle it. Shanahan, quote, Daniel Jones is the most athletically gifted quarterback we've had in my time here with the Niners. Uh, <laughs> uh, Sean McVay always loved the Raiders organization after taking the Raiders job. It's where Gruden coached. It's where his, Ooh, his, his, his pops like previously worked, if memory serves. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, uh, Tua Tungavailoa taking Taekwondo this time around. I thought that was just like a good quote from, from Tua in terms of his, his, his martial arts experience during I, his, his tenures as the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. I wrote down literally on my brainstorm list, something on who, who is QBing the Dolphins. I was yeah. like, what quarterback can I get there with Mike McDaniel? But I, I didn't like And uh, last but not least, uh, Pete Carroll, quote, could coach for the next 30 years, end quote. Oh Pete Carroll gosh. famously 75 years old or whatever he is. I believe it. I mean, yeah. when I look at that man, I think my wife even had a comment this year. She's like, he looks the same as he did when you covered him. And then like the next comment was like, and you don't or something like that. I'm like, all right, yeah, I understand. <laughs> Tough one. Yeah, that is true. I mean, he, he does look uh, unbelievable. The, the biggest one I left on the cutting room floor was actually from our, we had a Philly special mailbag question on this. I wanted to get a Howie Roseman trade uh, in there. That, that was the one I left because... Eagles ownership could change by 2026. Jeffrey Lurie's son, uh, Julian, is going to take over at some point. And I was brainstorming something. He takes over. He says, no, he wants his own guy. He trades Howie Roseman for like three first round picks. But I couldn't decide uh, which team I was trading Howie Roseman to. So I couldn't get that one. But I don't know. I, I, I felt pretty good uh, about that one. All right. Did you have any Brady ones? Fun. I had like 10,000 half-baked Brady ones, but none of them. I wrote down good. Tom Brady and then got no further. I don't yeah. know what he's going to be doing. I, is he right. owning a team? Is he calling games? Is he GMing? I was like, like, none I, of the above. I, exactly. None of them were satisfactory. I wanted to write like I Tom agree. Brady claims to have discovered new variety of avocado. Like that's like, yeah. it's that's that yeah. to me, that's the only thing that's interesting about Brady in three years. Uh, yeah. It, it's the first name I've written down is Tom Brady and I couldn't figure anything I, out. I, I, like if you would ask me before the show, I'd be like, I guarantee you she'll a Brady one. She'll loves talking about what Brady's going to do. So I was surprised you didn't uh, bring a Brady. First of all, no, I do not love talking about what Tom Brady. Yes, you do all the time. But Tom Brady's going to the Raiders. Tom Brady's going to the Niners. Tom Brady's going to the Packers. <laughs> Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. <laughs> okay. I did not say Tom. Tom Brady <laughs> is going to the Packers for the record. But yeah, what I mean, what he's going to do, he just retired. So what he's going to be doing with the next chapter of his life is something that uh, will be discussed. But uh, I had a little Tom Brady fatigue. I couldn't come up with anything there. All right. Great show. Loved it. I don't know if the listeners will love it, but I loved it. You loved it. And that's all that matters here. All right. We're going to be taking a little extra point taking break, taking some vacation. Listen, if there's breaking news, we'll obviously uh, be back and maybe in an extra point taking format, but uh, we're not going to be with you every Monday for the little for, for the next little bit as we take a little bit of a break. Thank you to Cliff Augustine for producing additional production supervision by Connor Nevins and Arjuna Ramgopal. Thank you to uh, ben Solak, let us know what you thought about our predictions for 2026. Share, share your own with us. I would love to hear them. Uh, again, I'm just going to like demand that we do a show like this like once a month here uh, for the next year. So don't worry. That's not the end of it. All right. 
Thanks for listening, everyone. We will talk to you soon on the Ringer NFL feed. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client.